Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach. Have you ever wondered how well-suited you are for ethical non-monogamy? Well, you can find out by taking my quiz, and you can find the quiz right on the homepage of my website, sumatisparks.com. That's S as in Sam, U, M as in Mary, A, T as in Tom, I, Sparks as in Sparks are flying, dot com. And when you enter your email, you'll be added to my mailing list as well, and you'll be the first to learn about both my online events as well as my live events in the San Francisco Bay Area. So tonight, I'm really happy to have as my guest a friend of mine named, I always get the pronunciation of your name, I'm going to get it right this time, Janae Pellet is a, is a best-selling author of Living an Orgasmic Life. Janae is a certified somatica sex and intimacy coach, a sexological body worker, a holistic pelvic care practitioner, tantra educator, and somatic experiencing trauma practitioner. She's on the faculty of 1440 Multiversity, also Ecstatic Living Institute and the Somatica Institute. Welcome to the show, Janae. Thank you, Sumiti. I am so happy to be here and excited to be talking to you tonight. Happy to have you, too. We talked about this, like, last Christmas or something, and so it's been a little while. (laughs) Right, but, you know, good things happen to those who wait. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay, so, um, yeah, for people that are listening and don't know you, it's, not every day that someone becomes a sex and intimacy coach. So how did you, you know, how did that unfold for you and become your path in life? Yeah, well, it was, uh, <clears throat> it was an interesting and, and not necessarily circuitous route. Um, so I am a lawyer by training, meaning like I was a lawyer for about four or five years, a healthcare lawyer. And um, I was also married for over two decades. And, um, you know, pretty much life seemed pretty good for me. I, I was being a lawyer and I had this lovely husband. And the only problem was that um, sex has always been an issue. Sex had always been an issue for me. Sex had always been painful for me and uncomfortable from like the very first time I had sex when I was 16. And um, yeah, really sucked. And that actually continued uh, into my marriage. I suppose there was like, you know, a time, there, there were maybe a handful of times where I had sex with my um, husband at the time that felt really good, but most of the time it really didn't feel good. Um, and it was very uncomfortable and, um, I really didn't have 
pleasure. I didn't have orgasms. And after a period of time, like after we had, I was 24 when I got married, which is like, you know, it's like a baby right now. (laughs) And uh, I had my kids right away, two kids. I was done by the time I was 28. I have two boys. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, by the time I was like 30, I was kind of done with sex because mm. um, it, it, it had sort of served its purpose. We had our kids, and it hurt. It was very uncomfortable for me. I also had all sorts of other, like, medical issues that showed up for me around sex. You know, it was just, it was just a drag and a lot of drama. And um, I don't know that I ever really made a conscious decision, oh, I'm going to stop having sex. But I think my body did. <laughs> my body consciously yeah. said, like, we're not doing this anymore. Um, and, you know, and, and that happens slowly over time. But, like, you know, when every time you have sex, there's tears and it's a disaster. Like, who wants to do that? Nobody wants to do that, right? Right, right. So, yeah, so just slowly, slowly we stopped you know, having sex, and and then, you know, we also stopped really having intimacy. And I think that was part of the problem is that, like, you know, we didn't realize that we could also be intimate and touch each other and cuddle each other and maybe even have a make-out and not have to have intercourse. It was all about intercourse. That was just so awful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... We did what we, you know, what we thought, and um, my, my, we just started getting more and more distant with each other. Uh, that I, the, the king size bed sort of became, you know, this big abyss where nobody mm-hmm. touched each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, for a variety of different reasons, like I had restless leg syndromes. Uh, so my legs, like, you know, jerked at night, and my uh, my husband uh, suffered from insomnia. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we ended, one of us ended up not sleeping in the bed, and then ultimately one of us ended up sleeping in one of the kids' beds. We were living in an apartment in New York City at that time, so we slept in, one of us slept in the bottom bunk bed of one of our son's beds, um, and mm-hmm. that became the routine. Uh, and we did that for... 12 years, something like mm. that, a long period of time, a long period of time. Um, and the relationship, you know, was cordial, but there was not a lot of connection. There was no really emotional connection between the two of us. We were very good parents. We loved our kids. You know, we were a good family unit, but as lovers and you know, even as like really loving friends, that just kind of wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately, uh, after 25 years of this, um, uh, we decided, you know, we were done. I, I decided I was done. He was done as well. But, you know, I was the one who said, I'm done. And, you know, I was just turning 50 when we separated. Wow, um, so what made you decide that, for 25 years to finally call it quits? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was interesting. There, were, there was a couple of things. One is, like, um, one of the things that I did 
when I wasn't doing my healthcare work, because I stopped being a lawyer, but I did work in healthcare, was um, I was a producer of shows in New York. We were living in New York City. And because I was doing that, I was always taking investors out to lunch or dinner to try to get them to invest in my shows, right? And so Mm -hmm. I started, you know, I started like, realizing that I enjoyed flirting with men and men were starting to like flirt back with me. And that Mm. was really interesting because I felt so unattractive and undesirable for decades. So to Mm -hmm. have that experience was really, you know, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Maybe I am attractive. Maybe men do Mm. think I'm desirable because I had Mm. completely lost that. I felt so, 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 so broken. Um, so that was mm. that was a that was one piece of it. Um, we started like just going our own separate ways and doing really leading our own lives. And you know, honestly, I made the decision at our 25th anniversary dinner, which was not a great dinner. You know, we were in some restaurant in New York, and we sit across from each other. We don't really talk except about the kids. And I just sat there and I thought, like, you know. Like, there is not going to be a 26. Like, I'm done. I, there has mm-hmm. to be more to life than what I am experiencing right now. And I really mm. wanted him to, you know, be able to also have a wife who he could have sex with, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, so that was really the turning point for me. And, but then I also realized, like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with this sex thing because, you know, what am I going to do? I, I know I want to be in relationships. I know I want more in my life, but I have to, I have to figure out what is going on with my own sexuality. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, like a huge issue for me to, to try to delve into and not something I had any skills in or really had any direction in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I guess the universe answered my prayers like the universe sometimes mm-hmm. does, and um, I quick I, I met this man who on OKCupid in New York, who uh, I started dating a little bit, and he had done some tantra, and I had no idea what tantra was. Like I didn't even know what he was talking mm-hmm. about. Um, but he was like, what? New York, like uptight lawyer. Um, but he was like, I want to, uh, I want to give you a night of goddess worship. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) And he explained it to me and he said, you know, I'm going to worship you as this beautiful woman. And you're going to, uh, I'm only going to do what you want me to do, and I'm going to keep my clothes on, and there's going to be no, that sounds kind of interesting. I'll, I'll give it a go, you know. <laughs> um, and, and honestly, Simone, that night, what really was, it really changed my life. It really, and I, I think that's how my book starts off, about that night. You know, it, it really did change my life because, it was such a different experience. Sex became so, sex became a different experience. It wasn't about satisfying a man, and it wasn't mm-hmm. even about me having to have an orgasm. 
it was really about me, like, just being able to lie back and receive pleasure without having any expectation. And he was so gentle, and he also, like, started teaching me some breathing techniques and some energy. I don't even know what he was talking about, but I felt it. I totally felt it that, Mm -hmm. you know, I actually had a lot of pleasure. And it was Mm -hmm. amazing that I had pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I just, like, was like, wow, like, I don't know what this is, you know, but I need to have more of this in my life. That's what I knew, you know, that's all I knew. It's like, I have to have more of this in my life. Um, and that, you know, ultimately I did. I started taking some Tantra workshops in, in New York. Um, and I just realized, like, this is going to help me heal some of the, the, the stuff that's going on for me around sexuality. And I wasn't even sure what it was. You know, why was sex so painful? I mean, it took me a while to really unpack it and figure out that there was a lot of anxiety um, associated with sex that was related to shame from some um, experiences that I had as a child with my pet dog in just exploring, you know, in a a very innocent way. But, you know, I started coupling um, pleasure with guilt and anxiety. And so how can Mm. you let your head as your, you know, head as your yoni open when every time you think about, you know, somebody going down on you, you think about like, oh my God, like my mother's going to walk in and see, see this happening, you know, and what a, Mm -hmm. what a disgusting person I am. And maybe I'm Mm. into bestiality. Like those are all the thoughts Mm. that were going through my head. Mm. So that was a huge you know, that was a huge piece for me around um, really trying to heal it. And then I had a lot of healing to do around all of the pain and discomfort that I had from having painful sex and from medical procedures that I had related mm. to my um, female body parts. And mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of anger and resentment and like oh my god when when that started coming out I was just like I was raging in mm-hmm. some of my work and healing sessions yeah it was intense mm-hmm. wow well, yeah. and on the so other side of your, that yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead on the other side of the on the other side of that raging and that pain was pleasure. Mm. Yeah, to, to let the feelings out that have been held in your body for so long. Yes, definitely. And the uh, the, yeah. the energy that was bound in my pelvic bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, thank you, Janae, for sharing so vulnerably about that. You know, it's, it is such an innocent thing that children do, and even adults, you know, sometimes, you know, play with their pets. And, you know, my dog still likes to crawl around in the bed and lick us after because we smell salty or taste salty, you know. And so I think, you know, our pets <laughs> do become an intimate part of our of our pleasure. And, and uh, yeah, I just really appreciate your transparency around that. I think that will help give other people permission to to own that and heal any shame that they have around that. So thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. 
Yeah, so that's that's a really powerful background, and I'm just really glad that you got to the other side of that. And really, like that's how it is for me too. Like I, people ask me, how do you how do you train to become an open relationship coach? And I said there is no formal education available for that. You just have to do it. And so you you have the experience where you can really help people who are in like a sexless marriage and somebody who isn't getting pleasure from sex for one reason or another. So let's talk a little bit about like how do you help other couples who are in sexless marriages? I know that's a big question, but what are some of the, the main things that you see and how do you help people? Yeah, well, such a great question. So, I mean, so always when a couple is having struggling around their sexuality, you know, typically um, problems in their sex life are really just a symptom, right, of Mm -hmm. problems that are going on in the relationship itself, right? So Mm -hmm. the very first thing I always work with, uh, with couples in sexless marriages is like, real and the emotional connection, which may involve having to deal with some painful things like anger or betrayal or regret, right? That has unexpressed emotions, right? Unexpressed Mm -hmm. um, triggers. So that's like the first place always to start, which is like helping them get on a much um, safer emotional plane because, you mm-hmm. know, we all need emotional safety in order to, to be sexual. Um, and so right. often we, Oh wait, let me just fair, stop there. Fair, That's like powerful statement. I want to, <laughs> it's a throwaway comment for somebody like you, but just we need emotional safety to feel sexual. And if we're holding hurt or anger or betrayal and our partner's like, come on, let's fuck. You're going to be like, no, I can't do that because I've got this thing going on. So thank you for saying that. That's really powerful. Yeah, yeah it, it's very much, it's it's very true. And, you know, I and I feel like women especially need emotional safety, but a lot of men need emotional safety as well. The difference is, mm-hmm. and this is such an interesting difference, is that, Typically, and these are typical statements, right, and this is typical statements in a heterosexual relationship that I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. there's obviously variations in non-binary. But, um, you know, that, uh, that women often need emotional safety before they can open up sexually. And for a lot of men, cisgendered men, they don't open up until they have sex. So they go to sex for connection, right Mm. and emotional safety and so you can see how like how challenging that can be (laughs) yeah you know right so so a lot of the work is like helping them to establish the emotional connection and what they need to feel emotionally connected before um for both of them to feel safe before they can um start to open up sexually so that's where i always start and then you know when and then there's almost always there's always issues around communication in a Mm -hmm. sexless marriage as in like I'm not able to ask for what I want I'm not able to get what I want Um, I'm maybe not feeling aroused enough my you know fantasies I'm not able to express my fantasies so really 
you know, and I, I know you do this too in your coaching, like, you know, opening up the, you know, if you will, just saying like, okay, it, this is a safe place for for us to be able to talk about what you want and what you need mm-hmm. in your sex life and what you're not mm-hmm. getting in your sex life in a way that's not blaming or shaming, you know, and really hurting your partner's ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and then I, then I start working on a lot of physical work. So I do a lot of, um, my work is very, uh, experiential. And so I will start having couples do a variety of different, you know, connection exercises, touch exercises, you know, there's, there's often a lot of drama around who initiates sex. <laughs> oh, I hear this all the time. I'm the one who always has to yeah. initiate sex or, right, right. you know, like, right. Sometimes it's, it's one partner. Sometimes it's the other. Um, so I always work around like, well, well, what is the, what is the power play around sex initiation and how can it be um, perhaps a little bit more, they're more of a level playing field, like, oh, we can both initiate or we can take turns escalating um, and you know, a hands-on experiential work. You know, we really break things down and, and we work on boundaries and, you know, what happens if I cross a boundary? Can I still, can I tell you a boundary in a loving way? You know, can you still accept to hear like, wow, you know, I, I really don't want you to touch my nipple right now, but I, but, but say that in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're done. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like little things that happen during sex that can really like, especially if there's a lot of sensitivity can just like throw everything off in a half a second. It doesn't take long mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Right, to get totally triggered. And, and so, so I really work with that through that with my clients. Sometimes, you know, we're working on, you know, maybe um, I want my partner to be a little bit more, uh, more aggressive. So, you know, teaching an exercise about um, passionate touch and, we do a throwing against the wall. It's not really throwing against the wall, but a throwing against the wall exercise. Like, yes, that, that helping a partner really like, what is it like to take my partner if I really want to be taken and my partner doesn't know that. So right. those are some of the things that, you know, I work on. I teach a lot of anatomy too. <laughs> uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. what is there, you know, I know there's some couples where um, one of them, often it's the woman, but sometimes the man, um, who really just genuinely is done with they maybe have an illness or they're postmenopausal and their sex drive is just kaput and they're totally fine with not having sex, do you help couples to open their relationships so that um, they can still be friends and partners? Because, you know, why dismantle a decades-long partnership and family and community you know, if one person's sexual interest has changed. So do you ever help people with that? Yes, definitely. And I do want to say that, you know, one of the things that, and I see this a lot, I do, I do work with this quite a bit. And one of the, one of the, um, one of the things I always like to say is like, you know, sex is, there's this like very, very wide spectrum of how we define sex. And, and, and in this country, we find it, we, 
we tend to define sex as penis vagina intercourse, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But but even if you're not having intercourse, you can have beautiful, intimate, non, if you will, sexual or sexual um, connections with your partner, even if even if you're not having intercourse. And this actually is really works really well for older couples and even couples where one does have like a medical condition. Tantra, in, 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 in fact, is one of those very, very useful tools to connect sensually and energetically without having to be super, super sexual. So I just want to say mm-hmm. that. But that, that being said, there are definitely, I definitely work with couples in opening relationships if that's what they, if that's really where they want to go. Um, and I always, and I often offer that, you know, like if, if I'm working with a couple and, and one of them just says, like, like you said, like, I am just totally done, right? Like, you know, I love you. Um, and I want to say in whatever reason it is, and it seems mm-hmm. like that's pretty definite. Um, mm-hmm. then, you know, then I always offer the option of, okay, well, you know, what are the other ways in which your partner can get their sexual needs satisfied that are going to um, be okay with you? And we have a conversation, right? It could be that, um, it could be that the partner is totally fine with them having a sensual massage twice a month, right? With a, mm-hmm. if you will, with a happy ending. I always offer that as a possibility. And it could be that, mm-hmm. like, no, I really want, I really want to take on, an, I want another lover. And so we definitely have conversations about that. Um, and I think that is a really important, you know, option to put on the table. And some mm-hmm. people take it really well, and some people look at me like they want to shoot me when I put that option on <laughs> <Right>. the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what, what is your experience after you've had your sexual awakening and ethical non-monogamy at all, Janae? Oh, yes, for sure, I have. Um, you know, I came out of... Um, some my tantra trainings and moved to San Francisco, and I just kind of immediately um, got uh, connected to the open relationship community. Some of which came out of tantra. I actually met a man um, in my ta- one of my uh, long week long tantra training programs. We, we did a couple of these together who was married and um, he's actually the one who named me Janae. <laughs> he didn't name mm. me, but he was from Australia and he would call me Janae. And I was like, Oh, that's so sexy. I love that name. Cause my, my <laughs> legal name is Janet, which I never oh. like. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, and that was my first experience with it, and it was it was really lovely. It was really, you know, he was a beautiful lover, and sometimes he, his wife and me and he would have a lovemaking session, and that was the first time mm-hmm. I had ever experienced that, and I really liked that. Um, and so I definitely started dipping my toe into the poly community and going to um, – uh, at that time, it was Geffen and, and Williams, but, you know, the open relationship potlucks. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, I did some dating, and then at one of the potlucks, I met somebody um, who was married, um, and we started uh, a relationship. And that relationship mm-hmm. lasted on and off for two and a half years. Um, and it was really, and, and, and in many ways, it was really amazing. Um, I felt really like this person... Um, loved me in a way in which I had never actually been loved before because it was very hard for me to receive love. And so it was really, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was, it was incredible. Um, and in other ways, it was the most challenging thing I'd ever done in my entire life. It was very painful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I ended up coming out of that, um, I mean, during that period of time, like, he was married, he and his wife split up, uh, then we got back together, and then he took on um, a lover, a male lover, because he was bisexual, who was gay. <laughs> so we had a little trio for about a year or so, maybe, I don't know. Um, and that was kind of interesting and really fun. And um, But during that entire, most of that time, I had taken on another lover. But during a lot of that time, I was, I had decided to basically be, you know, sexually monogamous. Um, mm-hmm. And and my partner's desire eventually was to have other lovers, have other female lovers, yeah. which was just, mm-hmm. you know, just, triggered the hell out of me and I couldn't Mm -hmm. deal with it. I just couldn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to leading edge love radio. And this is your host, Sumati Sparks, the open relationship coach at Sumati Sparks.com. And we're speaking with Janae Pellet, who is the author of living an orgasmic life. And she's a sex and intimacy coach and, She's very vulnerably sharing with us right now about her experience with ethical non-monogamy, and and you really tried it, and you were talking about how it was just too hard for your partner to have other female lovers, and so how do you show up in your relationships today? Yeah, so that's in, an interesting question because I I can I consider myself monogamish, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting, right? Because I still feel like you know, I'm a sex and intimacy coach. I'm very much involved in the sex positive community. I can't imagine living the rest of my life with having, having you know, sexual experience with just one person. I can't imagine that at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I, you know, the way I define myself is, you know, I, and I'm not in a partnership right now, um, but that, you know, my desire is to be with a partner where we can together as a couple explore bringing in another couple or bringing in a female or bringing in a male. Um, but that we would not, I, I'm very, very, I'm very clear about this, whether this is reality or not, I have no idea, but, you know, but that we would not be dating other people, right? So that we mm-hmm. would have some con- constraints around. So maybe it's mostly like, we'll go to a sex party and we can have mm-hmm. fun, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, like I said, we'll bring somebody else in. But, like, we're not dating other people. We're not my, – my intention is not to develop a deep emotional 
relationships with with you know other people maybe more mm-hmm. like swinging but i don't ever consider myself a swinger because i feel like you know non ethical non monogamy has a much more con- there's a lot more consciousness to it um so well, yeah it's not so like that's you're how just i just having recreation myself. yeah i mean i think of it like the sex positive kind of open relationship community here in the bay area that has play parties i don't really think of us as swingers so much as like it's sort of like a gray area between full-on polyamory and swinging because there's affectionate friendships. And, like, you're, you're right. caring about the people that you're playing with, but I'm just hearing that you want to play with your partner together and not have separate ongoing relationships other than mm-hmm. your connecting right. with them. But it's not like you're just using their body for recreation. You're actually having a sweet heart connection with them. Yes. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so maybe we'd date, yeah, well, we'd have a girlfriend, or we'd have a boyfriend or something like that, right, mm-hmm. yeah. as a couple, right. That's how, that's right. how, that is how, that is what I'm, I, that is what I want to create. At the moment, I just have lovers, and, you know, here and there, and that's fine, and I've, 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 oh, I don't know if I can actually tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this, so <laughs> I... As long as I'm being vulnerable, might as well just go all the way out. Way out. Um, so somehow I, I, I connected to this erotic hypnotist um, whose name is Mr. V. And uh, I have been thoroughly, and he, he sends these little erotic, you know, um, audio recordings, but they're by oral, so they're like just really well done. Uh, and I have been thoroughly enjoying my relationship with Mr. V. <laughs> Mr. V as in Victor? Or Mr. V as in Joy? No, Mr. V as in Victor. Yes, Mr. V. And Victor. what do you mean by bi-oral? Well, I think, I, I, you know, basically, like, you put your headphones in and, like, Sometimes he whispers in one ear and sometimes he whispers in the other ear, right? Oh, so, wow. and you, you actually hear that. I don't know how they do it technologically, but you actually hear that yeah. and it's really interesting. And it's very, um, oh, wow. it's very, it's very kind of bondage like, which, you know, is, oh, is that a turn really on for hot. me. So. <laughs> I, really hot. I, I, I actually wrote a blog post about that and some women emailed me and said, like, I hate you for doing this. And some women emailed emailed me and said, oh, my God, this is so hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So if you have any questions for Janae, feel free to give us a call. The call-in number is 657-383-1132, 657-383-1132, and you'll be put on hold and we'll, we'll come and get you when we have a pause. So feel free to call in before about five minutes till seven. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. And it's really good to to hear there's so much a gray area when it comes to non-monogamy. Um, it's not – I always tell people once you step outside the dominant paradigm of monogamy, the sky's the limit, and you get to define what works for you as long as you have totally. conversations with your partner and you each consent to what you're doing. There's no relationship police that's going to come around and say, you're not doing polyamory right. <laughs> Yes, for sure. definitely for sure. And I think that is like somebody said that. I mean, I love the word that you said, like uh, you get to design the relationship that you want. 
And, you know, that gives people so much freedom. Like, oh, yeah, I get to design whatever kind of relationship I want to have. Like, that's very freeing. And I think it's mm-hmm. important cool. that we, you know, that we really have that freedom for sure. Right, right. So let's talk about men. We talked about your experience and some of the trauma that you'd had. And um, I want to talk about women too. But before, I don't want to make sure we don't run out of time because I want to talk about men's issues too. Because I know you help men and, and you say on your website how to become a master lover. So that's quite a claim to make. So how do you help men navigate the mysterious world of women and to help them claim that title as master lover? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I probably need to change that on my website because we've changed the title of that workshop to The Lover. Um, okay. But, uh, but you, know, uh, you know, it is so hard to be a man these days in this environment, in this Me Too environment. Um, And so many men are shut down and there are men who are just like, I'm just, I'm not even going to date because I don't even know what to do. Um, And uh, I, and I feel like so many men have been dis- disempowered by women. Look, I did this to my ex-husband like really well, like super, super, super well. And, you know, and a lot of, uh, a lot of women do disempower their partners. And I think, you know, in general, society has been disempowering men in general. And um, in, in my, the work that I do with men, which primarily is either now in the context of working with the couples um, or in my, my lover workshop, which is for men, um, uh, what we really try to do is, like, give men permission to feel their sexuality um, and I like to say give men permission to to be men and to step into their sexual power, um, which, you know, a lot of men really are struggling, especially men in monogamous relationships. I see this less in the open relationship poly community and the sex positive community, but in the heteronormative monogamous community, it is a huge issue. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I, what, in, in the workshops and the work that I've done with men, it's really like, first of all, helping them learn how to connect with their own sexual energy because they need to do that before they can connect with a woman. Um, and then really helping them understand, like, how to physically connect with a woman, energetically connect with a woman, how to touch a woman, uh, how to touch a woman so that it feels good for them, how to romance a woman, right? how to be that, you know, that man who can take a woman if that's what their partner wants, how to escalate mm-hmm. touch. Like it's very specific skills that a lot of men just haven't learned. And then we also in our workshop teach men about women's sexual arousal. Um, And uh, depending upon where I give the workshop, like when I do it at Multiversity, we don't do it in the, we don't, we don't actually do it nude, but in other places, you know, we actually demonstrate and usually I'm the model 
um, what a sexual, a sensual massage really looks like and how slow to go. And, you know, it's so, so powerful for men to be able to have the experience. And then we work, we work with them. Like the work is very experiential. So in my workshops, we have a female coach who is also trained in the somatica method, working with a group of five or six men. And so we'll practice something and then they get immediate feedback with that woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mm-hmm. incredibly powerful. Where do, where, where do you have the ability to be able to try new things out, right, and not be with a partner who's going to, like, give you crap for it or, or shame mm-hmm. you? Um, mm-hmm. And it's just such, it's such, it's so powerful to be able to help men really feel like they can master this, you know, relation, this relationship, more like this sexual relationship piece that so many men are really, you know, suffering from. Beautiful. Um, so just to give us a little uh, tip that people can take home with them, I've heard you use the term escalate a couple times. So mm-hmm. what does that mean and how, how can, I mean, I have a sense of what it means, but I just want to hear your definition. And then what can men take away from this, this, call today like a little tip about how to escalate when there's sexual energy yeah so i mean part of the issue part of the thing part of the part of the biggest complaints i hear from women is that my partner goes right for my genitals right Mm. like because you know think about it like you know you touch a man's penis he's pretty much ready to go, right? Like this is, mm-hmm. what, this is, you know, and most men think about that, like, you know, oh, well, if my body reacts like that, her body must react like that. My, her clitoris is going to react mm-hmm. like that. No, not true, mm-hmm. right? We're wired differently. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so escalation, you know, when I teach escalation, I may teach like starting with very, very light sensual strokes. Um, and then all over the body, the arms, especially the arms, the legs, the neck, the face, ignoring the genitals, ignoring maybe mm-hmm. even the breath. And then mm-hmm. escalating your escalation means that you start to um, do something different. You start to become more passionate. So maybe there's a little bit of a touch and a little bit of a squeeze and you bring yourself close to her and then you pull back. A lot of it is mm-hmm. like escalating and teasing. So, mm-hmm. you know, es- escalation is the way we get from, you know, sensual touch to more intense sexual touch. But it takes a period of time and there's riding the energy of it, right? It's feeling like, when is it time to move in? How do I, how do I see that? Oh, yeah, I can see that you know, she's really into it and her body language is giving me the yes. If, if in fact, mm-hmm. I'm not asked for a yes, which is a whole nother conversation, like consent conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but if it's a, if it's your partner, uh, then that's how we begin to really um, escalate touch. So reading the body language, starting slow and then moving into a more passionate connected touch mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah I like that because yeah men are like oh please my cock as soon as possible <laughs> exactly 
And so, yeah, and then I'm like, uh, I want to wait till you're making me beg for it. <laughs> so exactly. Really and, they, and it's really different. <laughs> yeah. And they don't necessarily mm-hmm. understand that difference. They think that we're wired like them until they learn differently. Right, right, right. Yeah, and really it's relatively recent in our culture that we've been you know, we're living in this bubble in the San Francisco Bay Area where we have all these sex educators and we're so comfortable talking about sex, but it's still very new to a lot of people to be able to talk about it and to be able to tell your partner what you want without feeling like you're going to spoil the mood or hurt his ego. And how else is he supposed to know? But, you know, I think women internalize, you know, we have the internalized shame around being too slutty if we know what we want sexually in the first place, let alone ask for it. So it's kind of a new thing for women to really be learning about our bodies and then be able to tell our partner what we want. And I think men are really eager to know that, but women have been too shamed to even be able to ask. Absolutely. Men are so eager to know they just want to please you and they just like mm-hmm. if you have the roadmap please show me your roadmap right yeah they will watch they'll watch porn and they'll you know read books and try to learn the, the proper technique <laughs> but I think in general mm-hmm. it's, it's don't you think it's about men like really tuning into their own embodiment and then being able to feel where that woman is because we're always different from moment to moment, day to day, week to week. So there's no one technique that's going to work every time. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, I think, I think what you said is so important, Simity, like the men getting, get men connecting to their own body, which is why like I always start with like connect with your own body and sexual energy, but connecting with your own body. So then you can connect with, what's going on energetically with your partner, right? When you can connect to your own body, you can start to feel the resonance with your partner. Mm -hmm. When you're disembodied, right, or not connected, you cannot figure out from an energetic body perspective what's going on with your partner. So, yeah, super important. Yeah, well, thank you for that. That's really helpful, I think, (laughs) for a lot of men. Um, So what if you're single and you're not somebody who wants to – just have lovers and go to play parties, but you're waiting for the right partner or partners. And, mm-hmm. you know, can you still have an orgasmic life? Well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have, for example, there's Mr. V who could make your life extremely orgasmic. Uh, <laughs> and um, which is all about self-pleasuring by the way. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm a huge advocate fan and and do it myself quite a bit of really like taking care of your own needs and exploring your body, both women and men, you know, loving your body, giving yourself orgasms and pleasure, um, learning your own arousal pattern, trying new things, so new positions, new ways to touch yourself, um, using different objects. So I, I, you know, I think everybody can live an orgasmic life. And, you know, in fact, you know, I think it's actually very disempowering for women when we give 
we give up our power to men when we're not really connected and know our own arousal pattern, right? That's a way mm-hmm. in which we give up our power um, to our, our partners. And so, yes, if you're single and you're not going to sex parties and, you know, you can be, I mean, I was celibate after my, this, this open relationship broke up, I was celibate for a good year, completely Mm -hmm. and even during part of that I didn't even like I had no interest in sex it was a very hard breakup for me and it brought up it triggered a lot of past trauma um and ultimately was very healing but you know for a you know I, I didn't want anything to do with it um but when I finally came out of it I was just like yes like I'm going to take care of myself and my own needs and my own body and you know it's very powerful when you can when you can do that and our sexual energy is really the center of our creativity and our power. And when we're mm-hmm. connecting with our own sexual energy, either by ourselves or with a partner, we can start to be more in the flow of life. And that to me, that's what living an orgasmic life is. It's about really being in the flow because orgasms have these beautiful peaks and valleys, but a good one really has a great flow to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think about when I think about living an orgasmic life. It's being in the flow of life because you're because you're connected to your own sexual your own sexuality and your creativity. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Yeah, and I think you know I talked to a woman who is in her seventies and she teaches um, sexuality through the ISTA um, classes mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. She says, like, mature women just, it's almost like going to the gym. Like, you may not feel, like, if you're postmenopausal, you may not feel like masturbating. You may not have a desire to, but you just got to freaking do it anyway to, like, keep that energy flowing. Um, mm-hmm. So Definitely. Why, do you, why, do you, why do you think it's important for postmenopausal women to prioritize sex in their life? I think it's really important for postmenopausal women because one of the things that happens is when the vaginal tissues are stimulated, either through like finger penetration or a dildo or a cock, um, we actually produce natural hormones, estrogen. Mm. And, mm-hmm. um, and that helps to lubricate the vaginal walls it prevents them from atrophying, right? So like all of us, many menopausal women are using estrogen creams. But mm-hmm. when we're actually, um, you know, when we're, when we're actually lubricating the vaginal walls and we're having some sort of penetration, that those natural hormones are flowing. Um, and I mm. think that's a really important reason that menopausal women need to continue to masturbate, need to continue to have penetration because the those walls thin out really quickly and but the walls build up right like you know it's it's a muscle right it can atrophy mm-hmm. but it can also build back up so even if you have mm-hmm. some bleeding right if you continue to really stimulate and do like even um self pelvic healing if you will right like just putting your finger in your in your pussy and just 
touching all around the vaginal walls on a daily basis. This is what my teacher um, who does holistic pelvic care teaches. Um, That will help keep the tissues fresh and strong. Mm -hmm. So it's really Mm -hmm. important for menopausal women to prioritize their vagina. (laughs) Mm, Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I know we don't have anywhere near enough time to deal with this, but I did want to touch on your, your experience with um, uh, trauma, um, healing trauma. And so, um, you know, some, some women have trauma from, from sexual violation or even from childbirth if they've had a Mm -hmm. uh, difficult childbirth. So um, maybe you could touch Mm -hmm. on that just for a few minutes about how you help women that have experienced severe trauma. Yeah, well, this is like one of the one of the one of the most common experiences that I see um, for women who are sexually shut down and and women in in sexless marriages. There's often a trauma history because when trauma occurs, just like you said, whether it's physical or sexual abuse, or if it's a physical wounding like from childbirth. Um, or from a surgery, it really has a huge impact on our sense of safety and whether or not we feel Mm -hmm. safe in our body. And when you Mm -hmm. don't feel safe in your body, you cannot connect to your pleasure. So Mm -hmm. um, when I work with women with trauma, I, I do a lot of work in creating safety in the body and then what happens in traumatic experiences is that the the energy of the trauma like maybe we want you were you were being you know touched a way you didn't want to be touched and you were being sexually abused and what you ended up doing was dissociating because it was the best thing you could do at the time but mm-hmm. you know this energy of wanting to do something else like push the perpetrator away or run or flee like all of that is trapped in the body and so the trauma work that I do is to help release that bound energy off into complete something that couldn't be completed. Um, And what Mm -hmm. that does is it helps to significantly reduce the trigger that happens when you get touched in a certain way or touched by a certain person because the energy has been released. Um, Mm. So it's very, very, um, it's very powerful work. I, the modality I use is somatic experiencing. It's very powerful work. It's a very body-based approach. It can be very, very slow. I mean, it can take a long time for somebody to start to feel safe in their body again, especially if mm-hmm. there's been a lot of dissociation. Um, but mm-hmm. once that starts to happen, everything else starts falling into place. Um, mm. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I really like I, I'm I, I'm a huge advocate and of people really being able to work through the trauma in a somatic based way. Whether you do SE somatic experiencing or even EMDR, there's some other somatic based modalities. Because you know, I just saw somebody yesterday who. You know, she's, like, been in this relationship for 40 years, and she was abused as a child, and she's never worked through it, but she's seen, you know, trauma therapists for years, and she's never worked through it because she's never Mm. done anything to actually release what's held in the body. 
Mm. So that's, you know, a, a very important thing to do um, if you experience, if you if you have experienced trauma or, you know, wounding. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, we could go on on and on about a lot of these different topics, but I'm afraid we are out of time. So thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us, Janae. And I want to give you a few minutes to tell our listeners how they can reach you if they'd like to work with you or just get more information. And I believe you also have a program you wanted to offer people. So please take it away. Absolutely. So, um, yes, you can reach me at my website, which is powerofpleasure.com. My book, Living an Orgasmic Life, Heal Yourself and Awaken Your Pleasure, talks about the whole healing trauma piece and then how to awaken your pleasure. Um, And that's available on Amazon. And um, I have a women's online program. It's called the Empowered Women's Guide to Orgasmic Bliss. It's a nine-week group coaching program that starts on April 3rd, includes home study videos and weekly Zoom calls where we all get in a group, like, you know, in a little women's circle virtually, and really have some beautiful deep conversations where we get to work through some of our shame and we get to um, really take a deep dive into, like, what's a turn-on for us. Um, and it's a beautiful way to normalize sex and also mm-hmm. just to be able to connect with a beautiful group of women and feel like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who feels broken or I'm not the only person who's suffering with a low libido and suffering through menopause. So um, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful program, and that information is on my website as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you being with us tonight. And I wish you the best of luck with your program and all your other endeavors. Thanks, Sumiti. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It was a great, it was a great conversation. You're a fabulous host. Thank you so much. Okay. I'll see you later, Janae. Good night. Good night. Okay. So next week on Leading Edge Love Radio at 6 p.m. Pacific time. We will be speaking with Amara Karuna. She is a sacred sexuality teacher and kind of a big deal event producer in Hawaii. And she teaches all kinds of classes about um, erotic massage, pelvic healing. Um, She's kind of known for really teaching the anatomy of eroticism And it'll be really fun to speak with her because I'll be hosting some of her events at my venue called the Oakland Love Oasis at the end of March. So we'll be talking with her next week about some of her offerings and what she'll be doing while she's visiting California from Hawaii. So please join us next week on Leading Edge Love Radio, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Good night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 